good shot. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely brilliant by Patrick Bamford. Kane! Hello and welcome to the St Martin's Football Show. One today's show will be looking back at the uh, busy action over the Easter period of the, the Premier League, loads of matches from the weekend and the midweek action as well. The two FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley and the second legs of the European competitions as well. They saw five British teams make it through in the three competitions um, as well. So obviously, as I said, very busy period and we'll be joined by... Uh, Tottenham fan Max Noon, obviously Tottenham didn't do great um, on on the uh, sorry yeah didn't do too well on the weekend. I remember the results then. Uh, Lloyd Bounds, the Arsenal fan, obviously a mixed week them losing ground on Saturday, but then making up for it on um, Wednesday now by beating Chelsea as well, and obviously my team Man United. Just a normal um, average week as well. But we'll start off with the Premier League and it all started off on, um, was it now, Saturday morning between Tottenham and Brighton. And it was Brighton a 1-1-0 in that one, obviously beating Arsenal the following week as well. And it was a 90th minute goal from Leonardo Trossard, um, which was enough for Brighton to get it. Probably, as I said, beating Arsenal last week, causing another uh, sting in the tail in the top four race. But Max... Um, we said last week there was Tottenham's to lose. I said weeks ago it was Arsenal's to lose. It seems like no one really wants to have fourth place today. Well, I mean, I suppose you could say that. But um, with the, with the you know the teams around there, I think that you know all season that we've seen inconsistency and um, you know it was just difficult uh, result. But you know it's a difficult league and you know we move on. Uh, I suppose obviously a missed opportunity. But, um, you know, I think it could have been a lot worse than, than it ended up being. So, yeah, I mean, the way it is, you can't really lose any games at all in, in the race. And um, if you want to stay in it, every every game is a must win. Uh, so, you know, moving forward, you know, they've got to improve a lot. Um, obviously, I think injuries are getting to all of the teams now. And um, uh, Spurs included, obviously, uh, Doherty out. Uh, uh, I think that may have played a, a role, um, you know, as well as uh, Antonio Conte. Uh, coming down with COVID, he was still able to train, but obviously it, w- it would have been interrupted. I think he was on the training ground, trained with yeah, he trained uh, with the squad, but obviously he wasn't able to to, to get close and do kind of intimate uh, coaching one on one. It was he was kind of keeping his distance. But you know, you can make all the excuses in the world. You know, it was a pretty inexcusable performance, uh, and so you know you have to improve and and have to win uh, the next game certainly. But obviously, you know, as I said last week, you were six points clear. Now you level on points for Arsenal. If you wasn't to get it, would you see it as a failure? Considering the past few weeks, we've seen obviously Man United fail a lot. West Ham are probably prioritising the Europa League to get into the Champions League. Arsenal have gone, had gone three losses in a row now. And obviously you've picked up on that. So would you see it as a bit of a failure if you didn't get that Champions League spot? Yeah, I mean, always, you know, any time that, 
if you, if you see have something disappointing, it, it could always be a minor failure, slightly disappointing, but I wouldn't consider it, you know, a Titanic uh, failure. I, don't, I wouldn't say that that uh, it would be that bad, especially considering the situation that we were in, you know, a few seasons, a few weeks before that even, where Arsenal was so uh, comfortable there because, you know, at the beginning of the season, especially some of the lowest points, you arguably would have... Uh, uh, we would have taken, a, you know, a fifth, and I think anything that you know represents a step forward, even if it is, you know, a little bit disappointing uh, to miss out on the opportunity. I think fifth still, you know, as disappointing as missing Champions League might be, is still a step forward for the club. And um, and yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I would. Uh, it would be. I think it would be worse uh, seeing uh, obviously Arsenal get get in in front of Spurs. But you know, even then, I think. There's a lot to build off of, and um, I think that is more important, you know, long term than is obviously the, the this sort of um, slip up in uh, in form short term. Do you think is is it between Arsenal and Tottenham? Do you think for the race for that fourth? Um, well, I mean, I think as you have been so keen to say all the time, um, it is those two uh, teams. It is uh, it is to lose. I think you could you'd say. I mean, I. I'm not a huge fan of saying that it is one team or the others to lose, um, but I suppose you know when you when you're looking at the points, they're they're obviously favourites, and obviously I think you'll want to make the case for Man United being there, and sure that you know literally uh, they're the next team to to kind of be there. Um, of course, you know it is possible. Um, I suppose that that they uh, they could get it, but again, I I don't think that that's very likely. Of course, it's possible, but uh, the other you know. Uh, they're not the favourites, I, I don't think, and you could uh, argue that the uh, performances they've been putting on, putting in reflect that as well. Yeah, let's talk about Man United later on. But the three other three o'clock games at the bottom, there was a massive game for Watford against Brentford. They thought they got um, potentially a point late on, but in the 95th minute, it was Pontus Janssen on his return. Um, brilliant ball in from Christian Eriksen from the corner and a brilliant header from Janssen as well. That was after Christian Norgard put them ahead after 15 minutes and Emmanuel Dennis finally getting back on the score sheet um, for Watford. But in the end, it wasn't enough and that's another crushing blow um, for Watford as they look probably like they are going to be playing championship football um, next season as well. But for Brentford, that's probably them. Um, safe and secure now and obviously another um, brilliant win and they've only got the matter of Tottenham on the weekend so maybe another win in that one as well. Then back onto the top four race you saw the um, two other teams going for the top four places take place as well at St Mary's Southampton obviously last week losing 6-0 to Chelsea um, we're looking obviously Ralph Hassan Hootel said top 10 would be a good result for them um, as well. And they certainly played like they could potentially get top 10. They went ahead just before the uh, half-time through Jan Bednarak as well. Really good finish, actually. Um, and that turned out to be the only goal of the game as Southampton got um, another, well, I say another come, brilliant comeback win, especially, as I said, after last week as well. But Lloyd on the weekend, forget about Wednesday for a minute. Um, must have been a bit disappointed because it, it wasn't even like you weren't creating any chances. You just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, could you? Uh, yeah, it was it was a really annoying performance, to be fair. Like, I'd probably say, I don't, I don't know, I'd probably want to say we were the better team. They had, like, a really, really good chance. They missed, like, five minutes in. 
But uh, yeah, like you said, we had like 20 odd shots. Like we had good shots in front of guard as well, but you know, we just can't really do anything with it. Like I'm I'm not sure why either. Like it's kind of just an annoying game. Like a lot kind of went wrong. Like, you know, it it, it just wasn't that game. I thought I'm glad Nketiah played. And then obviously he did quite well against Chelsea, which we'll talk about later. I thought, well, yeah. It's just unlucky. I feel like those are the types of games you need to win to get up for. Especially, what really annoys me was like, like they've gone and seen as Tottenham have gone and lost. Like we could have jumped over them. We could have, we could have got points on them, and then we went through that. Just well, didn't even try and capitalise on it. Really. What What were you thinking when you saw that obviously Tottenham had lost just before, and then Man United had won at the same time? Were you thinking we definitely have bottled this now? Although I didn't, I didn't even bother checking the United score. There's, there's, there's no reason to. No, I saw the Tottenham loss, and I was thinking, like, yeah, obviously this should be a brilliant time to capitalise, but like, I, I feel like because it's such a good time to capitalise, that means we're going to lose as well. So I, I didn't get my hopes up, luckily. You know, so you're not worried about Man United in the top four? No, we, you. we've said this for months. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough as well. So, um, all we got to do on Saturday is ruin Arsenal's chance of getting top four in that game Europa League football. But that was after at Old Trafford. I do want to say a great performance, in, especially in the first half. It was um really good performance. Second half, well, end of the second half, really slackened off. Len Norwich of the goal. And to be fair to them, they played very well. And it, it did say, coming out of the ground, obviously buzzing because we hadn't won in... I think our last win was against Tottenham, and that was what the end of last month, end of March. And um, you know, it, it, even then, it was like you know we're playing bottom of the league Norwich, and we've only just got over the line, thanks to obviously one of the best players of all time in Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, that's 60 hat tricks now. He's he's got 50 at club level, obviously at Real Madrid, Juventus, Sporting Lisbon. At, and Man United 10 for Portugal, so just, you know, no words to describe him. A header, yeah, admittedly his first goal was a tap-in with a free kick. Mm, you could say Tim Krul could have maybe done a bit better, but, you know, the, the power and, and it was a brilliant finish. But like you said, credit to Norwich, probably are down in the championship. Um, Kieran Dalrov got his goal, played very well. Puki got the goal um, and the assist as well. Obviously, Dal got it the assist for Pukki's goal, but Pukki never really good performance. So, you know, in all fairness to Norwich, they played very well. Potentially, no, I wouldn't say deserved a point, but I <laughs> I think you said it earlier that I think the performances do reflect why we probably won't get up for, because if we can barely beat Norwich, then, you know, obviously improve in midweek how far we are behind the, the big teams as well. But no, got to win. That was the most important thing as well. Langer and Tellers, with our assists played well as well. Obviously, there was a lot of um, talk off the pitch there. Obviously, Paul Pogba um, had the abuse and, well, I say abuse, he got booed off. Um, there was a few chants like, aimed at him when he came off as well. You know, I, I said I've never been a huge fan of Pogba. You know, I, I think he's one of the most overrated players, midfielders in the world, which is bit disappointing really because obviously he has got a talent he just never seems to show it at Man United or for whatever reason that may be whether you know we're not playing to his strengths it might well be that 
But I think you shouldn't really. I know fans are entitled to their views, and Alex be screaming out saying, "Well, you know, fans pay good money." But I think you should maybe be a bit more supportive behind your player than maybe shouting out. But obviously, you had that in the Glazers protest before. So it, all in all, it was probably a good day, good win. But it did get overruled before that terrible performance, which we'll talk about later on um, in midweek as well. So it was uh, obviously a massive afternoon on Saturday, the top four action as well, seeing, as I said, no one really wanted him. Man United, you think, start to come back into it as well. Um, But then, as I said, it all got hampered uh, on Tuesday as well. But two games on Sunday, Newcastle beat Leicester 2-1. Newcastle probably with our win and obviously winning midweek are now up. Um... Uh, for another season in the Premier League, it was Bruno Gomes with uh, two goals. Well, one on the half-hour mark, and then in the 95th minute, a brilliant goal um, for him as well to get Newcastle a really good three points. That was after uh, Adamola Luckman put Leicester ahead after 19 minutes. But um, Max is turning out that Newcastle have got a very good signing in uh, Bruno G, as a lot of people are calling him. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody who was kind of familiar with, with the player and obviously the kind of clubs he was linked with before knew that, you know, when uh, Newcastle were, were signing him, uh, they, they were, you know, had a great player on their hands. Obviously, I think Arsenal were, were you know, close to, to getting him or at least in talks. Uh, and there was obviously a reason for that. And that's because, you know, he's a great player. And I think with the, the kind of signing that, that he is, it, it is a very smart signing. Um, you know, I think defensive midfield, uh, you know, or at least around that area, in, in order to, to kind of get a, the kind of player that he is there. I think it shows their ambition um, to, to get that kind of player. It is kind of, he would slot in into lots of top teams. I think, you know, Man United, especially to have that sort of player is, is a kind of the player that, that, that they're crying out for. So the fact that they, that the Newcastle uh, were able to get him shows, you know, what, what the, they're kind of aiming towards. And, and I think, you know, with the, with the, you know, the funds that they have, they can, certainly build a, a fantastic side around him um you know and if they can recruit pl- more players of his quality then uh they're definitely uh, uh you know lots of lots to be excited to, for i think now they're obviously safe in the Premier League can they be getting european football do you think next year um i mean obviously depend dependent on uh, on who they bring in obviously i think so i think so uh, they can certainly challenge you know, when we see the, the the current Premier League table, if they, you know, I, I think that sure we could see them competing with, uh, you know, Wolves, uh, you know, especially uh, you know, teams like West Ham and, and and you know even the the teams just below the Leicesters and and Aston Villas and getting uh, you know not only the top half of the table but you know that seventh place, the Conference League or even Europa League, and you know we have seen you know like I said with West Ham, uh, you know teams that uh, are able to kind of move and, and really challenge. The, the top six and, and obviously with with what um new class newcastle have shown you know not only with the money they've spent but with you know how how they've been playing and with the you know the results they've been putting up uh, sure I, I definitely think that they can they can challenge um you know maybe if not uh, for for just the conference league uh, you know maybe high but i you know i think for now um they, they should probably be you know, looking towards pushing into into the top half but obviously with what we've seen from them um, the second half of the season, uh, you know, I definitely expect them to be, uh, you know, one of the one of the better teams uh, in that sort of area. that obviously with a lot of money to spend potentially in the summer as well. And then in the other game on Sunday, 
it was West Ham obviously going for that fourth position. But like I said earlier, probably Europa League is their best bet of getting into next season's Champions League. They dropped more points as well. They drew 1-1 with Burnley. Red course put Burnley ahead after 33 minutes as well. And then Thomas Suchek with a goal in the 74th minute um, for a 1-1 draw um, at the London Stadium as well. I think there was a stat about West Ham and it was only... Of the 10 games they played after the Europa League, I think they've only won three of them and they've lost, I think, four or five or six. So, obviously, not a good record after you playing Europa League football for West Ham. But, like I said, probably their focus is on the semi-finals um, next week as well. Then there were games, obviously, midweek because of, well, three the, of the FA Cup reasons um, or, obviously, covid game stretching back from back in December when it was supposed to be played as well but it was one game on Tuesday and it was between um, title hopefuls Liverpool and embarrassment Man United at Anfield as well I, I did say before I thought 3-1 Liverpool looking at the team I then said well probably I, did, I think I did actually say 4-0 but said long as it's not as bad as October but I suppose you would say that it was just as bad really it was just a score that savoured it really it was Luis Diaz put Liverpool ahead after five minutes Mo Salah with the assist there and then you're thinking this could be a very very long um, evening and then luckily um, did manage to hold Liverpool out for a bit longer Mo Salah scoring in the 22nd minute back on the score sheet for him uh, he then got his 30th goal of the season in the 85th minute as well Amani who set up Salah's other goal was going in the 68th minute Diaz and Jota with the other assists um, as well for well, like you said, uh, another embarrassing big six game, really, that um, I, d- I don't know. Obviously, we have got a new manager um, in Ten Hag, Eric Ten Hag, now that's been announced. Um, yesterday, he's going to be coming in at the end of the season on, I think it's 2024, I think the deal is. Um, now he's already said that he's going to be prioritising a new centre-back, two central midfielders, a winger and a striker this summer as well, and also looking at a full-back and a goalkeeper, um, potentially, obviously, Dean Henderson being um, linked um, away. But I just think the, the whole club just needs a restructure, to be honest, and it proved out right from the top right down to the bottom. I mean, we lost 9-0 on aggregate to Liverpool. I mean, I think we've only ever had one heaviest defeat in a league history and I was in 1892 to 93 when we lost 11-0 to Sunderland I mean it's just I, I don't know what to say anymore it's just we just need a whole restructure and and, and that's it any of you two got anything to add I mean it's just embarrassing wasn't it I mean about what I mean there's a lot there's a lot to talk about I think I mean, well, other than other than the issues I've said, this normal Man United, we got loads of problems. Do you think Ten Hag can come in and and sort these problems with I think about eighteen players potentially leaving in the summer? Eighteen, that's, that's, yeah, eight, eight, that's a bit much. History eight, eight, eighteen players could leave this summer. You could sell us eleven as well. Well, yeah, reported. I, I said I said about our options. It looks like Cavani's gone, Lingard's gone, Pogba today's been told he's played his last game um, for the club as well, which is pretty good, really. Um, Matic has already said he's leaving, so a lot of players are going. But <laughs> how much... I don't, obviously, we all know the, the job that Ten Hag has got to do, but do you think that maybe 
if we didn't get Champions League football, it might help us this year. Like I said, I don't think we will get Champions League football, but do you think it might be a bit of a help that Ten Hag can start off from fresh and then start to build? Maybe next I, year you get Champions League football. I don't and think then a cup, I would and make then the league. A difference though, because I mean, what difference does playing in the Champions League and playing in the Europa League or, or Conference? I mean, maybe Conference League. Maybe there's more games potentially. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm not even sure how it works, uh, but. Realistically, you know, what we've seen uh, from Ten Hag, he's, you know, been able to, to kind of work magic in, in, the, in the Champions League. So maybe if you end up with no European football at all, that could be an advantage. But, you know, game playing extra games is playing extra games regardless, you know, the, the level, of quali- level of opposition. So I don't necessarily see how playing, you know, a lower level of European football is going to get you know, helped here. Do you, th- do you think he's the right fit then? You've said, obviously, it's rightly so. And I think it is the right fit. And we finally got a decision right that we've brought him in for Ajax for two million. And he has done a very good job with no disrespect to Ajax. But obviously, they're not the force they are with the money and whatever. And he's doing a very good job in the Champions League. So do you think he's a better fit than Poch? I think he's a better fit than Poch, probably just because of what we've seen with Poch struggling potentially with... um, with, you know, bigger teams and, and the kind of egos. And I think especially with, you know, Poch has, has demonstrated that he's worked better with, <clears throat> you know, the project and building a tight-knit uh, team. But at the same time, I think what we've seen with Ten Hag, it's kind of similar. Obviously, working with, you know, a tight-knit kind of family that is Ajax, um, the only difference is we haven't seen him, you know, actively fail at a job, really. Um, and it's difficult because obviously what, you know, the job he's done is so good and, I definitely wouldn't say that, you know, he's a terrible lot of pick. It's just picking, you know, uh, taking a job like, you know, Man United is so difficult. Um, and, and honestly, I, I mean, I'd find it difficult to, you know, find a find a good pick. Um, I think, you know, you'd probably argue that, you know, the teams that have, or the managers that have coached the, the biggest teams potentially. But I think Ten Hag is, you know, is kind of a, maybe a gamble, obviously. Um, but still, I think kind of there are definitely worse options, um, and especially with you know the job he's done is good. But I definitely would agree with um, what you know Van Hal. I think you pointed out before about what he said about Man United, and you disagreed. But when you when you coach Ajax, you know you're you're coaching a footballing institution, uh, the entire club ground, you know from the from the ground up. You know it is it is designed to 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 play football. Uh, you know, to, to you know, generate talents, and you know that's how they, how they have a, you know, that's how the business model works. Really, is they, they have the, the you know, the academies to to generate fantastic players, um, and you know, compared to, to Man United, sure they do have lots of infrastructure, but it is, I think, certainly more um, kind of profit focused, and certainly more of a business like that. And and when you you're a coach for for a team like Ajax, I'm not saying it, you know, it's an easy job, but it, there are a lot of things right about Ajax which would make that job easier uh, compared to, to Man United and I think there are a lot of things about Man United that make the job harder than you know than the typical job just because um, especially I think upstairs you know the, the board and and all of the, the people like that I think you know as you'd probably agree that isn't in place so I think when you yeah. when you're taking that job you know you're not you're not only kind of trying to fix what's happening on the pitch you're really taking on the whole project and that includes you know sorting things upstairs too uh, and that, and that is not going to be easy. 
Like I said, it's a deal until the end of 2025, an option until 2026. So hopefully, you know, obviously in we're relegation form, which I shouldn't imagine we are. But I just think even if we don't win a trophy next year or don't get a Champions League, he needs to be given at least two to three years to completely rebuild. And like I said, he's bringing in all these players. Apparently, he said that um, he doesn't want any passengers at the club when he wants to, when he's going to be taking charge. He said everyone's going to start with a clean slate. He hasn't been given any target. But obviously, you know, he has been told he's got to make Man United great again. So... I I just think the way he talks and I just think he's a great fit and I, I'm not saying we will win the league in five years time but I definitely think under Ten Hag that if he especially if he does what he says I honestly think five six years time maybe we could be challenging for a league but Lloyd is, do you think he's a good fit for Man United? I feel like it depends on how much time you give him. I'm I'm gonna say no. I think that's a bit controversial, but I'm gonna say no. I think I think he needs too much time, as a lot more turnover in like players. He needs his profiles in it, and I don't think United will give him that time. I think if he goes to some form, I think your board are going to demand results, and I think your fans will as well. I, th- I think like you, you look at the last ten years. As soon as a manager goes through any rough form, they just kick down. Like no manager's really been able to like build something. Like you can kind of say Ole was kind of building something. Like. Like, he, he got you second last year. They were doing well. And then he, he basically had one Lampard out of Chelsea where the board will sign loads of players that they didn't really want. And it's like, if that happens again with Ten Hag now, he's going to be gone. And I don't know. I, I, I can't really see him working out. I think he definitely could. And if he does, yeah, you are going to be really good again. But I think you just have to give a bit too much. I, I'm not sure if United are really going to do it. Like, it's like when we had Arteta, like, I feel like if you if you said some fans like if you t- if if you go back to when we were pointed at Arteta, you told them the position we'd be in right now, so we're fine for top four. We spent quite a lot of money. I, I don't even know if some of them would take that because like well, it's it's a long process to go through. Like it, it, I've seen some people say that it's not even that big of a job. It's only going to take a couple of seasons, but it's not. You need to turn you, over basically yeah. your whole squad. I think it's a much harder job than than Arteta is has done I think it's going to be a lot harder than that and with the amount of demand on United to basically get good now I just don't really see it working I feel like I feel like a Conte might be a better fit to try to get the best out of this team because that's what United really want like they just want the best straight away like that's the mentality of the whole club but uh, yeah Conte maybe be a good fit but probably thinking you know give apparently Ten Hag is going to be allowed to, to bring in the players that he wants. Obviously, he's drawn up a list. I think Harry Kane, Declan Rice, obviously, you know, you would say how realistic that might be in the summer to bring all them in. But, you know, he's drawn up a list of players, not necessarily big players, you you know, that are well known that we have gone for in the past, maybe to bring in maybe a few players from Ajax, that and Cuckoo from Leipzig being linked. So maybe not high profile players like, you know, your Harry Kane. So lesser players, I don't see lesser players, but good players that are not well known. So, you know, bring some of them through and, and you never know. I just think it's a very good fit. Yeah, he's got obviously a tremendously difficult job because he's got a whole squad to get rid of. He's got obviously, you know, like you said, the it's a far bigger job than Arsenal because obviously Man United's probably a bigger, for example, bigger business than Arsenal. And that's what, 
you know, every football club's a business, but probably at Man United, it is more of a business than a football club, which you would say you look down the road at Man City and Liverpool, which is also a business, but look how well they run their football club. But I, I just think it is a, a massive job and I just hope he gets, he gets given time. Yeah, OK, we might not win a trophy next year, we might win a League Cup or something, but I honestly think that, you know, I, I obviously Man United are based on winning trophy, but I probably would give up maybe a year, a season of not getting in top four or well, getting yeah, Champions League. If you, it you've gone five seasons without a trophy anyway. Yeah, not yeah, ex- exactly. Maybe not obviously next year. If it means in five years' time we go on and we go and dominate again like Liverpool and Man City are doing now, then yeah. It's, it's I, 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 oh, I think that's a bit far. So you're going to be City Liverpool level. You, no, you but, can't no, take but, five years to get to that. That takes ten. Yeah, like, that, that, you need that, to build that, so much for that. But but I mean, if it if obviously giving up winning trophies now and getting top four does mean we can start to build towards that level again, then yeah, I probably would take it, and it would be frustrating not getting Champions League. But and you know, and like I said, I, I've given credit to Arteta a lot this season, and he's doing a fantastic job, despite some people saying ringing up on 6 or 6 the other day saying he should be sacked now because you lost to Southampton and Crystal Palace, which I think is a bit delusional. And now suddenly they're all back on the yacht at a wagon. I do question some of your fans sometimes, Lloyd. But, you know, it we are pretty much in maybe not the same position, but in a way similar, aren't we, that you had a massive rebuild to do. Yeah, ours is bigger, but look how well you're doing this year and you could go on and get Champions League. So, you know, it, it does prove that yeah, it's a results business, but if you do give the managers time, then look how well they can go on. And like Ralph Rangnick said, it's, we are probably about another six, ten years behind um, Liverpool's level and they proved that. But hopefully Ten Hag can come in and, and change it all and maybe in 20, 10, 15 years' time we can be you know, going on to dominate English football. Um, again, but obviously it is a long process. So the sooner this season can end, probably is the better. And like you said, half of them players in in the team. What players would you keep then? For for example, oh Lloyd, what what I players would, you st- would stay? I mean, yeah, that's the tough part. Like that, like yeah. you're basically going to have to turn over your team. Like even your bench is not good. Like I feel like you know you you definitely keep a Sancho. Like you. Like he's he's pretty much the first name I keep there, but then honestly for the rest of them, I'm not sure. Like I'd probably keep him Maguire because I think he I think he's just better with a better team around him. Like obviously. De Gea. No, De Gea's straight over there. Ten Hag's doing that as well. He's the first one gone. Really? Yeah, and Ten Hag's going to do the exact same thing. But who are we, are we gonna? Who's gonna? Who's he gonna start? Dean Henderson. You think? Him. Ten Hag would hundred percent start. After De Gea's out this year. Saved us a lot this year. I swear you've had this debate about ten times. Yeah, he, he yes. has. No, ten Hag wants to play. You can pass. Henson is miles better passer. He's, Henson will start. De Gea is not going to be starting next year. So what? So in in your view, obviously not Man United fans. What players would you keep? So you keep yeah, in. I'll keep, I'll said keep, Harry Maguire. I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep Sancho, Maguire, Henderson, uh, Fred. Yeah, great friend. Uh, probably yeah. for Van, but I don't know. He's, he's injured all the time anyway. And what well, I mean, that'd probably be it. To be fair, sure, probably. Yeah, it takes sure. Because yeah. I think lots of the players, even if they're not the best, I mean, you've got to have, you've got to, you can't get rid of everyone. Yeah, you need to keep Sam. Yeah. 
You're keeping obviously Bruno Alanga. I think Alanga won. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you you to keep Alanga because he's young, you know. He's young. He, he fits. He plugs holes in that team, like just as well. I don't, Bruno's got a new contract now. Apparently, Ten Hag was like advised on that one as well, so he clearly wants him there. I'd, I'd, I'd keep a Rashford, I think. I think maybe yeah, Tanner really? him that have him. And then especially, like, you go Vinales going, Cavani's going. Like, you kind of need to keep him, really. I think Ronaldo will leave in the summer. No, oh, 100%. Ronaldo's going straight back to Champions League football, yeah. I, I swear that, like, that's come out many times now as well. Where do you think he, he would go now, then? PSG? No, yeah, it, whoever wants him, whoever takes him. That's where he's, that's where you'll go. But like you said, obviously it is uh, a massive rebuild, and, and and to be fair, that the youngster um, the other day to come on was it um, oh, Hannibal, Hannibal. Medjury. That's that's the one, yeah. And he, I know he came on five minutes and did a foul, but I think Gary Neville pretty much summed it up that he no, came on. no, don't even, no, don't even say it. It's the worst he thing did, I've ever said in my life. It's, it's, did, that's genuinely the worst pun. He should get sacked for that. That's he the come on. I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, but uh, admittedly, you know, he might have come on and he caused foul or whatever. Yeah, he, but he caused a goal I, as well. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not if that's all it takes to be a promising youngster, I could do a job. Yeah, I could have done that. I can run for five minutes. Get me I, on. I'll just bomb him around for a bit. He's come on and he showed actually passion and effort. He the did. other players, he the other five minutes, he I've done that. fouls and gave up a goal. That was it. Was, the worst character. He literally gave the ball away. Yeah, the ball came to him, and then they, they were they were quite well questionable defending. And I know he gave a ball away. I can't. Yeah, he, well, he gave the ball he away in like away. a very dangerous area. That was probably the worst cameo I've seen. It like, wasn't even genuinely. like it was like he tried to skill somebody in like pretty much the danger zone, basically. I, I it, was, just... it was not a good game. I don't get how that's just passion at all. That's the like that's genuinely something. Well, wrong he did. He's, he's come on, and he that's showed more passion. heart and desire than the whole squad of showed all season. He's 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 actually come on, and like I said, he's he's showed a bit of passion, something that they hadn't. Yeah, the... that is not passion. Why don't you kick him? Well, it is. He's come on. No, it's not. It's not passion. He picked the ball up, trying to progress it a bit. You know, make something happen. Did he do that? No, he came on. Please come in. He got. Especially, like especially, Please I think a big part of being passionate and being, you know, having that sort of desire to win is keeping it simple. I think that's probably a big part of it to make sure that you, you aren't being, you know, silly with it. I think yeah. passion is one thing, but you know, I think stupidity is is another. And I'm not saying that you know you're stupid. I just think if you're playing against Liverpool, you've got to make sure that you're doing everything you can to just. Try to mitigate what what was going on a bit. I mean, and sure, I think obviously you want your players to to want to win and and to, to try. But I, I think you know maybe overreacting a bit and taking a bit too much for, from that. And I think youngsters, you know, they they can make mistakes and everything. Uh, and, you know, I think that's fine. Sure, I think realistically that you know, I'm sure he's a good player. You can just move past it. But I don't think you're praising him for for doing something like that is is. I, right I genuinely feel like there's an issue, there's a really big issue with your club that you have your, your legends going out and praising that type of performance. It's like they would genuinely, like, uh, how can you support a player just coming on a kick and fouling and running around? No, but, but like, that, it makes no yeah, sense. I'm your club, what, all, all, all United want really is a few players to just like start fights on the pitch, just do a bit of kicking, show a bit of passion. Well, yeah, well, care. They, they don't care. 
Seriously, they don't. Well, so... Okay, so say Bruno in that game. Did he not care then because he didn't go and foul anyone? He didn't... Like, he didn't just kick loads of players. They were not bothered. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. I can't believe you listened to Gary Nevin. Seriously. It's not. It's showed it against Man City at the Etihad. And even when we played them back in October, November. Didn't care. Did... When two goals, one, two goals down, that's it, gone. So, so, okay, so, so on Saturday, when we play you, if Saka doesn't make four fouls and gets a yellow card within seven minutes, like Hannibal did, does that mean he, he doesn't care about Arsenal? Is he not passionate enough? Does he not like the card? No, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, you can see by the, at the Arsenal players, Arteta's doing, like I said, he's actually gone and you're well together in this group that, you know that we haven't showed that, and watching us all season, it's not just this one game against Liverpool. They just they don't care. They they haven't been bothered. Seriously, like, I, I, I hope he comes on against. They come up with like oh Bruno Fernandez coming up. Oh we apologise. Blah blah blah. And like Roy Keane said the other week, you can come out and you can apologise and go on Twitter and Instagram and release all these statements. Well, why didn't you actually do the job on the pitch? You wouldn't have to come out and apologise. It's all very well saying these apologies. Come out and perform. Come out and perform on the pitch. So you got paid 500000 a week to go and do. Not come out and say, oh, I'm sorry, we're in this disgusting, we're in this position. Yeah, fans could tell you that. So go out and perform. At least, like I said, you know, it wasn't right what he did to foul. But at least he come on and he cared. He showed he cared. He no, weren't he having none of this nonsense. None of that correlates with caring. He's come on. He made like three sprints. Made, made a foul. Gave the ball away. Literally gave the ball away for a goal as well. That is the Show worst try I've seen ever. That is not. That does not correlate with anything you're saying. I just think, like you said, you know, one, I'm not saying world beat a performance, but, you know, showed a bit more passion than... The worst performance I've ever seen from a sub. All right, but, you know, only youngster at the end of the day, but as I said, couldn't do no worse than um, the players as well. And I think it has, we talked about Harry Maguire, I've just seen now that Ralph Wangen is uh, set to drop Harry Maguire for tomorrow's game against your Lloyds, obviously. Yeah, because yeah, he had bomb threats into his hands. Yeah, I was, I was about to come on and say that, you know, most people say, well, he's garbage, blah, 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 which is probably true, but obviously there has been the sick threat, which, just, you know, you can, like I said, maybe, you know, give players some stick for performing and then there is going to that another level way past the million times past the line and sending a bomb threat to his, you know, his house where his family live, which is just disgusting, um, really, as well. But as I said, just gets even worse um, performance as well. But for Liverpool, obviously, on the other hand, brilliant for them. Mo Salah back on goal-scoring form. Two games, five goals and two assists against Man United. Either of you, if we learned from these midweek games, Man City and Liverpool now, and obviously the FA Cup semi, which we'll talk about later, we learn anything on who's more likely to win the league or more not? Uh, no, but probably nothing to be fair. It's just like, well, I don't know. You say live like United really struggled, did they? Like, I don't, yeah. yeah, like is it you? 
Like you can basically just pick pick whatever team you like. Like they're probably both equally as likely to drop points. Like I'd say City since the start, but it can still back him. But like you know, there's nothing we can argue. Is we we looking at the running? Where would you say is more likely Man City drop points? Because obviously Liverpool, as you can say, well Newcastle away might be hard. They've still got to play Tottenham. They still yeah, I think they'll. Like steamroll Everton, but obviously it's a Merseyside derby. You never know. But Man City's list, you don't really see a fixture where they are going to drop points too. And that's where probably yeah. you would say I do, you could probably Man put City. it down to like if if one team gets to the Champions League final, you know they might rest a few more players in the league. They might obviously focus on the Champions League final instead. I think like it could maybe come down to that. But I feel like there's very very little separate in the two. Like I think, I think you probably see City, City probably a little bit better defence than Liverpool have that bit better attack. Yeah, probably agree. But as you said, two teams are going to probably go on to the um, last day as well. But finally, on on the point, obviously um, Ronaldo didn't play against Liverpool for the understandable reasons. Twenty four hours before he came out and said that um, him and his wife or girlfriend had lost um, one of their twins as well. Um, and God give credit to Liverpool fans coming out and in the seventh minute applauding and singing You'll Never Walk Alone with the Man United fans. I mean, that showed true class, um, unlike the Man City fans, obviously, on the weekend. They were just truly disgusting um, as well and maybe paid their penance for going out as well. So massive credit to Liverpool fans um, for doing that, and a massive credit to the team because another brilliant performance by them, um, and they just showed how far, well, years they are ahead of Man United. But as you said, Liverpool go marching on towards um, that title as well, and Man United go marching on towards the European Conference League at the uh, other end as well. Then on Wednesday, I saw Newcastle Crystal Palace one nil, um, pretty much dead rubber game there. Um, Miguel Almeiron, sorry, in the 32nd minute with the only goal for Newcastle as well. Bruno Rekamarash with a brilliant ball over the top and Almeiron getting a goal um, as well. Everton got a 93rd minute, it could be a 92nd um, equaliser, which could be a massive point because obviously with Burnley winning on Thursday, if that goal, I know you would say, well, ifs, but if that goal hadn't gone in, then Everton would be in a relegation zone now. And you would maybe be saying, is it Burnley's to lose now? But with Charleston in the 92nd minute, stepping up and getting a crucial point for Everton now is after Harvey Barnes put Leicester ahead um, in the fifth minute. As well, uh, Man City won the eight o'clock game, beating Brighton three 0 to uh, obviously go back top of the league after Liverpool went top on Tuesday. Mares, Foden, and Bernardo Silva the goals there. Mares and De Bruyne with the assists um, as well. It did take Man City fifty three minutes though to break down Brighton, but then uh, didn't make any mistake of it late on. Um, as well, then at uh, the other game on Sky was only the small matter of Chelsea against um, Arsenal. Uh, only half full Stamford Bridge because obviously it was the first game in which restrictions were obviously brought in where Chelsea couldn't sell no more tickets um, other than season ticket holders um, as well. Could sell the other games, but from now on they couldn't sell any as well. So it was half empty as well. But Arsenal definitely brought great support and they brought uh, a brilliant performance on the pitch as well. They did go ahead for 13 minutes, Eddie Nketiah, who obviously I think Arteta said he's 
been harshly treated him um, in the past few weeks, which we'll talk about in a minute. Put Arsenal ahead. Then Timo Werner's massively deflected shot in the 17th minute got Chelsea level. But before uh, Emil Smith Rowe put Arsenal 2 1 ahead. Astro Laqueta then with a, a striker's finish really in the 32nd minute before and then Ketia scoring again. Then uh, I don't know what Astro Laqueta was doing really, pulling. Um, clearly off the ball, the shirt of Bukayo Saku then stepped up in the 92nd minute to seal um, a brilliant victory for Arsenal and and win 4-2 as well. But Lloyd, obviously, you talked about your disappointment on Saturday losing to Southampton. I mean, all that must have gone on Wednesday night after a brilliant performance against Chelsea. Uh, yeah, like it, if you said last week, so I could win one game, lose the other. Obviously, I would pick this way. Huge win. Uh, in a huge performance as well. Like I saw loads of stats for it was like uh, if we won, it would have been our two hundred fiftieth away win. So like obviously quite a big, quite a nice number as well there. And it also would have been if we lost, it would have been the first time we lost four prime games in a row since like nineteen ninety or something. So it was basically like it was kind of a must win in, a, in like a lot, of lot of ways. Like I think that's kind of rejuvenated our top four bound now. It's kind of put us back in it. Especially if we get a big win on Saturday, we'll probably talk about that later as well. Uh, like you said, really good performance, Smith Rowe winning goal. I was saying to Luca there, I'd rather Smith Rowe have a shot from the edge of the box than from like the six yard box in front of goal. Like he, he can play some perfectly, he just runs onto it like that. Like he's done that so many times this season, and he, he does it in those crucial moments too. Like I know a lot of people say his, his finishing is like unsustainable, and it's, it's not going to happen forever, but I think he can. Like he, he places them so perfectly. Like he, he clearly has really good technique on it. No, no power, but the accuracy was, oh, was just, so good, he, wasn't he just it? Rolls them in the corner. Like they are so nice, and like he does, he does this so often. Like I think it's, it's brilliant, and it, it works so well in our play. Like he's really good at just getting a goal. Like it's, it's really good skill to have. And then obviously the rest of the boss is really good as well. But Eddie and Katia. Like, obviously, yeah, obviously he scored goals. He scored two goals in, like, 60-odd minutes. We got seven off. Lacazette all season scored two goals from open play. So, like, that's just ridiculous in the first place. Like, obviously, in case of a bad goal score, but that's really been proven now. But it's also, everyone says, oh, yeah, Lacazette, he has the holes at play, he drops deep, he links it up. He hasn't even been doing that. And then in Ketia, he, he was incredible at that side of it. Like, I know a lot of Arsenal fans just talk about, like, he's... He's this like poacher, and that's all he does. But it, he was holding off like Thiago Silva in that second half. In, in, in the first half, like, also, it was just like, like, he had that goal past Christiansen, like, really good strength, really good composure as well. Like, he, he was he was doing everything. Like, I've said so many times that we need a proper striker, and apparently we've had one on the bench the whole time. Like, he, he, was, he was really doing everything. He was linking it up and actually getting back in the box then for the shot. Like, it's... He put together a perfect performance. Like he's easily my man of the match. Then you had Saka. Obviously, he's just brilliant every week. Like he's he's always a, a worse seven out of ten. The amount he creates dribbles, and as I obviously people talk about his gravity. Where he, like he kind of put like he obviously pulls over the pulls over the left back, but it even causes a lot of attention on this. There's, there's so many photos, so many videos of him dribbling like with three or four players trying to defend him. Like he's just he's such a good player on this team, and he got his redemption with the penalty as well, which I'm sure is going to be huge for him. It was just really good to see as well. But as I said, Arteta has come out and said that he's been 
hasn't been fair on the cat yeah i think you pretty much said that do you agree with with him yeah. do you think he'll start all the games now between now and the end you of the be, season you better bloody do I, if he doesn't oh i'll tell you i can go honestly if he doesn't i'd be like I don't, I don't even know if that's far. If that's too far to say that you should get sacked, like that would be a ludicrous choice if he doesn't play in the rest of the season. Even if he's going to go on a free, he clearly puts up way better production than Lacazette does. And also, I, I want to extend him. Like I know a lot of people said, yeah, let him go on a free. He provides nothing, but he's he's a different player now. Like I, he, he would be huge if we could keep him. Like having someone like that as a backup. Like that'd be brilliant. I, I'm so surprised with how he did, and well, I really wish we tested him out sooner. Like I know a lot of people say Martinelli's a bit fun. He came on 60th minute from Ketia, and like it, it, he was nowhere near as good, to be honest. I think we definitely need Eddie up front a bit more. You've obviously said Lacazette hasn't been performing. The catches, obviously, in that one game, shown his brilliance. One part of you regret getting rid of Abamian, considering how well he's doing at Barcelona. No. Or? No, when Aubameyang was here, the numbers he was putting up, like they were pathetic. Like, like people, like we obviously preferred like Zetterman. That's why we kept like Zet, so he could link up. But like Aubameyang, like he was barely goal scoring. Like he, he couldn't do the other side of the play, linking up, you know, dropping deep. But he couldn't score either. Like some of the chances he had, it, like he just kind of put away. Like it was kind of clear that like his career here was kind of over. Like here means like Arsenal in the Prem even, and like yeah, like I knew we would go to Barcelona and do quite well because like he was still getting in, in these good positions. Like he had this horrendous miss with Newcastle, where he was, he was like right in front of goal at the back post, and he just put it like two meters wide. Like it's his performances were awful, but like it's like he still had the quality in him, but like it was just never really going to happen here. My only regret is that we didn't play in Katia instead. Like full season on Katia, if you like, if you can put up performances like that, oh, it's, it's, it, that fourth place would have been a lock. The day I say it, we would have been third. Still, was it? Well, have the league table six, five points is it to third? So yeah, it's not far. Well, yeah, not far. <laughs> like obviously, I don't but think we'll get it now. But... Do you, here's a question. Do you think? Have you seen enough now this week, especially from the Chelsea game? Because like I said to you, I was I wouldn't be a lot of Arsenal fans said Saturday, oh, we got no chance of being Chelsea. I remember saying to you that I wouldn't be surprised and I thought you would beat Chelsea because it is the type of Arsenal one you've had yeah. a good record in recent years against Chelsea. Yeah, and Duarte, dating back was it the Emirates last year when they was doing very well and you turned up and you beat them um as well. And so it is Obviously, you can say Spurs. He was with Spurs. I mean, it was Arsenal with Arsenal a little, wasn't it? That losing to one of the lesser teams and coming back and a brilliant performance against Chelsea. But top four, do you think, or is it no? No. Well, we we have two we have two huge games now. Like we need to beat you on Saturday, and then we need to beat Spurs or even draw with Spurs. Like, I think it all kind of comes down to those two games. Like, you look at our three clubs, I think our run-ins are kind of similar in difficulty. Like, we even kind of play a few of the same clubs. Like, I think we all have Newcastle left to play or something. Uh, like, it, it, it kind of works out similarly. Like, I assume we'll probably all drop. Like, we'll get a loss in there. We'll have a couple of draws as well. So, I think it's just those head-to-head games which matter now. Like, I think, especially for, like, mentality too. 
like you, you would much rather have a win over Spurs and then lose to like a, to Newcastle than do the other way because then Spurs are like like it, it just makes a lot more sense. Like if we beat Spurs, that means we're better than Spurs to do top four more. I think Man United, Tottenham, and Arsenal all have to play Brentford. I think obviously Tottenham be on the weekend. Yeah, that looks like a hard play... game though, Brentford. Yeah, have, have Arsenal got to play Brentford again? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, obviously... yeah, we we had them opening day. <laughs> we won't talk about that one, but that's right. And obviously United got to play them next Monday, I think, and Tottenham on the weekend. So, you know, there are the, the things like I said. I don't think United will, will get it. Do Do you think though, looking ahead to the game on Saturday, if Man United do beat Arsenal, do you think Man United can still get top four? Uh... Is that a six pointer that if Arsenal go on to beat Man United, you would say Arsenal? great position if Man United go on and get it you would say top four back in reach or not I'll, I'll, I'll call it a four pointer I feel four like point. I feel like if United win I think it knocks us out to top four but I don't know if it does enough for you to get into top four yeah I think that kind of finishes us like we need to bounce back well, not bounce back we'll continue bouncing after this uh nice win versus Chelsea you know build on that and like it, it'll just be a waste if we don't like if we lose to you like we'll need to instantly respond then. And it, it's no if we lose to you, we have West Ham away then. Like that's gonna be a tough game. Like you kinda of just hope they're gonna West a bit for Europa League. Dare I say it, Tottenham still gotta to play Liverpool, so could work in both our favours that you would say Liverpool favourites for that. So no, Spears kinda of do well against Liverpool though. You think like you look at now, nah, look at some of the past games he put. I remember last year it was like it was like November or something when they drew and it was like a 2 1. It was going to be late, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. was going to be like the title decider. Like, oh, like it's in the same way Spears have always been sitting. They always kind of have something near for Liverpool. Oh, that, oh, I don't want to say it's 100%, 100% Liverpool then, but I don't know. I, think, I wouldn't well, be surprised. Spurs always play well against Liverpool, but they always just manage to, to let it go. I think a few seasons ago, I remember. Maybe holding on one-one for a draw, and then like last, very last minute, I think I can't remember if it's Larice has let put it in his own net. It was always, you know, it happens all the time. Between look at the part. This you do, you do two all with them, and then well, that's fair. There's quite a lot of losses actually for Spears, but I don't know. I think like you know, Spears is just performing really well against them, but then like you have to in a tie or fight as well, so. Are you confident Saturday against Man United, Lloyd? Are you gonna are you gonna come out and say an Arsenal win, or are you gonna? I, sit I on happily the would if we were fit. I said a few weeks ago that we're definitely <laughs> winning that game, but all our players just got injured randomly. Like if Party was back, I think Tommy Asu might be back. That'd be huge, but well, I can't say anything about a win. So I, I hate the early kickoff as well. Who <laughs> look? Who's the sky? They're watching it and they're going Arsenal United. Yeah, twelve thirty on a Saturday. What is the point? Put that five thirty or something. Come on, Marsbeck. <laughs> I'm, I'm not confident for it, but it'll be a, it'll be a good game anyway. Yeah, Max looking in United or Arsenal. For what? For what? On the on the win on Saturday. Not tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I have no idea. It's one of those games. I, I don't know. Cause United could could play poorly and still get something from it. So, you know, that's what we've seen from United. And yeah, I I think it's really really difficult to call. Um, you know, I have I have no idea. I mean, I'm hoping for a draw, obviously. Um, part of me thinks that you know I think Arsenal probably uh, 
better performance to bounce off of, so I'll probably give it to them. Yeah, OK. Obviously, 3-2 back in November now, so obviously, I think it'd be a very open game again like it was in November. And well, that game was horrible. <laughs> I, I honestly think from a neutral, right, I honestly believe, obviously I'm not neutral, but I think from a neutral's point of view, that was probably one of the games of the season because no team just sat back today. You see some of these big games a team will go and sit back and you know settle in and be a bit cagey that you had two teams at the time I think we was fourth you was I think you might have been six or or you might have been fifth or sixth actually and um, two teams who were just going for it all out attack obviously we did come out on top but I, I just think that's going to be what it is tomorrow that we got to go for everything now we got to win pretty much every game between now and the end of the season obviously you got a lot of good attacking going forward. It's just whether you can take your chances will probably be the thing. And I can guarantee you will get a lot tomorrow. So you better hope that Martinelli, Smithrow and Nketiah can all find the back of the net because I can guarantee you, you will have a lot of things. But I just think it'd be a very um, open game as well. And obviously a crucial game in that race for the uh, top four as well. But then to finish on Thursday, yesterday... Um, at the other end of the table, Burnley got a massive result against Southampton, winning 2-0. Connor Roberts and Nathan Collins with a goal there. Josh Brownhill with two assists as well. Jack Cork had a goal rolled out by VAR for offside as well. So a massive uh, point for Burnley. But quickly, we did mention it earlier. Obviously, on um, Good Friday, well, it wasn't a Good Friday if you were a Burnley fan or Sean Dyche, because uh, Sean Dyche, after nine years in charge, um, back when he was in the championship, middle of the table of the championship, actually, he took over and 166 days in charge. He got sacked um, as well. So you had the likes of Ben Mee, who was a coach and a manager, um, taking charge. So I think um, Michael Michael Jackson, I think his name is, the under-23 coach, took over, obviously got the victory. But, I mean... You know, Thomas Frank said, Brentford manager said when they was all managers were asked about it and said they should build a statue of him outside Turf Moor. I know speaking to Alex, he couldn't quite believe it, especially considering the job he's done. But do you both think that it was the correct decision? Obviously, they've won one game now, could have potentially won on the weekend. If they stay up, do you think obviously it turns out to be the right decision? But do you think Sean Dye should be harshly treated? I think it was probably a bit harsh. Like it, it's even if they do stay up, like like obviously it's been a year, so they don't really back him. But I don't know. I said the other week though, I, I don't think it was like. I think a lot of people were kind of overreacting a bit, like because they've been so woeful this year, and now it looks like they might stay up. So like, see, yeah, I think my only thought would be that, that obviously that you know, sacking manager in the form they were in, you know, makes sense. Obviously backing on. Banking on on manager bounce, and now I just worry that even if they do stay up, you know, obviously that would be you know really great for them. But I don't know really know where they go next then next season, and you know I wouldn't be very optimistic. Um, because I think the job that Sean Dyche did was you know, I don't know so I wouldn't you know not maybe not unique, but just so impressive that he was able to do that. I don't, I, it's difficult to find a replacement for him. I think long term. Surely statue's got to be up there in it to be of him because what he's done with Burnley, I mean, you know, even if they do go down nine years in charge, I mean, that's unheard of nowadays, isn't it? It was like it was like when the stats came out saying that, that like the longest manager in the Premier was Klopp. 
Oh, yeah, I think that kind of says a lot. Like, I still, I still, like, obviously, clocks in like 60 years now, ever. But, like, it, it feels like he's barely even been there. I think that says a lot about, like, well, yeah, like you said, the commanders don't only stay at clubs long there. But obviously, what a job he's doing. But if Burnley do manage to stay up, you would say, in a way, it might have turned up to be a bit of a um, masterclass as well. But obviously, Sean Dyche definitely um, maybe does deserve a statue at Burnley because what a job he has done. Um, as well, so that was the Premier League action from the weekend and midweek as well. So the table looks like um, this. Most teams now playing 32 um, games as well. So all starting to even out now on the games played as well. Man City remain at the top. So the top f- uh, five was all unchanged from the last um, week as well. Man City top on 77. Liverpool on 76 as well. Crucially, Man City's goal difference is 55 to Liverpool's 61 as well, so if it does come down to goal difference, it's in Liverpool's favour there. Chelsea, 62 from 31. Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, 57 from 32. Arsenal also 57 from 32. Tottenham's goal difference is 18 to Arsenal's 10 there as well, so obviously that's why they're above them as well. Man United going up to 6 after the uh, win and the loss this week as well. 54 from 33. West Ham dropping down, 52 from 33. Then Wolves, 49. Leicester, 41. Wolves played 32. Leicester, 31. Brighton going up to 10, 40 from 33. Newcastle also going up, 40 from 33. Brentford, 39 from 33. Southampton, 39 from 33. All of those teams going up. Crystal Palace dropping down, 37 from 32. Aston Villa now in 15th, 36 from 31. And the rest is unchanged. Leeds, 33 from 32. Everton, 29 from 31. And the bottom three, Burnley, 28 from 32. Watford, 22 from 22. And Norwich, 21 um, from 32 as well. So you would say it's looking likely that Fulham and Norwich are going to be in the championship next. Uh, sorry, Watford and Norwich are going to be in the championship next year. And obviously, one of the teams promoted to the Premier League next year is Fulham because they won um, on Monday, as well, at least on Monday, 3 0 against Preston as well. They had lost to Derby and bum, um, blown a chance there, but then they are now promoted as well and pretty much will be league champions if they beat Bournemouth on the weekend. So it will be nice to see um, Fulham as well. I'm sure they'll spend a lot of money as well to see if they can finally stay up in the Premier League. Obviously, I've been known the past few years, a bit like Norwich, go down, come straight back up and then go straight back down as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do um, next uh, season as well. So the fixtures for this weekend quickly then. As I said, the big one, Arsenal against Man United, half 12 on BT. The three o'clock games, Leicester, Aston Villa, Man City, Watford and a crucial game for Norwich against Newcastle. The half five game, Brentford, Tottenham, Live on Sky. Then four games on Sunday. Brighton, Southampton, Burnley, Wolves, Chelsea, West Ham is on Sky. And of course, the Merseyside Derby, half four, live on Super Sunday Sky um, there. And one game on Monday, Crystal Palace leads at eight o'clock on Sky. And then Thursday, Man United, Chelsea getting rearranged because obviously Chelsea um, are in the FA Cup final as well. Quarter to eight, live on Sky Sports. On um, Thursday is Man United Chelsea. Um, as I said, as well, also this um, busy weekend as well. It was the FA Cup um, semi-finals as well. The big game on Saturday was between obviously Man City and Liverpool. They played the previous week and and drew two two as well. This time it was pretty much less 
straightforward for Liverpool, really. They went 3-0 up at the end of the first half as well, absolutely cruising. Man City made a lot of changes, which you would maybe say, well, I know they played Champions League the week before, but you would maybe question. Kanati put Liverpool ahead after nine minutes, and then Mane with two goals as well. You would definitely question Zach Stefan for two of those goals in the first half. Jack Greenish then getting one in the 47th minute before Bernardo Silva scoring in the 91st minute as well. But he was definitely a performance um, that... Um, definitely overall the score was more than um, the 3-2 win as well potentially could have been about 4-5-0 at, at half time as well which means Liverpool's quadruple um, continues as well as they knocked out Man City as well so all Man City got to play for is the Premier League and the Champions League so if they obviously don't win either of them it could be a trophyless season the same as Cardiff, Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham for Man City um, as well if uh, they can stop Liverpool as well but a, a brilliant game um, on Saturday as well and as we said um, both teams pretty much hard to predict who are gone and win the league as well then in the other game on Sunday Chelsea beat Crystal Palace 2-0 Loftus-Cheek and Mason Mount with the goal there Werner with the assist as Chelsea went on um, and set up the FA Cup final against Liverpool in May um, as well obviously Crystal Palace that was pretty much their last thing to play for um, this season as well so I think the FA Cup final is the 15th and 14th of May I think on on Saturday um, there was well, I don't think they confirmed the kickoff time so there'll be something to um, look forward to with the FA Cup as well and there was two uh, the Champions League sorry was on um, Tuesday and Wednesday just gone it was the second legs of the uh, the quarterfinals on Tuesday. Um, obviously, we said it before that um, I think you know, yeah, it was against Red Bull Salzburg, wasn't it? When they were losing in the first leg, we said could shock potentially happen at Bayern Munich go out, and then obviously they come back and won seven nil. This time they was losing to Villarreal after the first leg. We were saying can they go through, and then we were probably saying probably not, but it did turn out to be. An Unai Emery masterclass, really, because despite Lewandowski scoring in the 52nd minute, they scored late on in the 88th minute Villarreal to go through to their first Champions League semi-final since, I think, 2005 to six. I think, was the last time they was in it as well. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing story, really, that um, Villarreal, who are struggling in the league, have actually have gone on to reach... The semi-final, and they've proved us all wrong. Want to play Liverpool? Potentially a shock there, but you would say Liverpool probably favourites to go through as well. And it was also another Champions League classic at the Bernabeu as well. Chelsea's first ever game, uh, European game at the Bernabeu. They did obviously play Real Madrid last year, but that was at their um, their B team stadium because the Bernabeu was under as of action there and um, I mean like I said one of the, the best Champions League games you'll see in a, a very long time as well Mason Mount put Chelsea ahead after 15 minutes Rudiger then scoring in the 51st minute before Timo Werner put Chelsea 3-0 up and then you're thinking well that's probably the shock definitely on now and Chelsea were looking like in cruise control before I mean one of the best assists you'll see in the Champions League this year from Luka Modric outside of the foot through ball brilliant touch from Rodrigo and then a brilliant finish as well and then it went to extra time in the 96th minute it could only be one man 
Karim Benzema stepping up um, and a brilliant finish as well to send Real Madrid through 5-4 on aggregate after extra time. Vinicius Junior with Benzema's assist there and Werner Mount and Kovacic with Chelsea assists. I mean, like I said, he's definitely one of the the best Champions League games um, in a while, wasn't it? Um, Lloyd and Max, and like I said, do you think Real Madrid can go on and win the Champions League now? Although I mean, I don't know about winning it. Yeah, it, it is difficult to call, I think, especially, uh, you know, in terms of quality of sides. I do think there are better teams, but I think with the Champions League, you know, I think it is about a bit more than that. Um, obviously, they've got a lot about them in, in the competition, but, you know, Liverpool do, Man City, you know, have struggled, and I think they obviously be really, really determined to win it. I don't think it's... um. It is that easy to call. I mean, sure, that I think they could, but yeah, I think a number of teams could. Uh, I think, especially, you know, uh, eyes on on Man City, uh, who who are probably uh, more than desperate to win it now. Do you think we could see uh, an Unai Emery masterclass against Liverpool? Obviously, you've seen against Bayern Munich. Maybe, maybe in the first leg, but yeah, it's I don't know because. I feel I can't help but feel like um, of all the teams that are left in there, I don't know. I think Liverpool seem kind of the least susceptible to uh, to that kind of uh, that kind of upset, just because I think going forward they're they're so brilliant. And um, you know we saw Man City uh, against Atletico, you know obviously went through, but they were certainly um, they were obviously I think probably a bit more extreme in Atletico's case, but you know they they certainly were held out, um, you know, and if if you, uh, you know, not to say that uh, Villarreal would would part the bus, but you know, I think that they, they could have maybe caught out other teams more so than uh, uh, than Liverpool. Well, I mean, for Villarreal, they've got to the stage where they've got to win the Champions League to even get in next year's Champions League because they're not even in the conference, they're not even in the European places in the league at the minute as well. So obviously, it might be their only route into it as well but it's going to be a tough task for them but on Wednesday the two English other English teams um, played in their second quarter final legs as well it was a brilliant game Anfield uh, finished Liverpool free Benfica free Canate scoring again that's three starts and three goals for him now he's the fourth player to score in both legs of the Champions League quarterfinals for Liverpool after Peter Crouch in 06-7 Salah 17-18 and Firmino 18-19 as well, and then Bobby Firmino um, scoring two of his own, really. The second one, a brilliant finish. Um, as well, Timmy Cast and Jota with the assist there. But Benfica got goals through Mateus Ramos, Yarmchek, and uh, Nunes as well. Darwin Nunes, who obviously has been linked with a move to the Premier League, Arsenal, Man United, Newcastle were interested. I think they've pulled out. Um, now, we're all interested in him um, as well for about 70, 80 million, and he did show his. Class over the two legs um, as well for Benfica, Grimnado and Yao Mario, ex-West Ham player with the assists there. But uh, it was Liverpool that showed enough to go through 6-4 on aggregate. And despite it being a 0-0 draw and 1-0 on aggregate, another Champions League classic, maybe not for the, the right reasons um, to remember, was that 0-0, um, as I said, that basically had everything apart from a goal, really, that, you know, in all fairness to Man City, they did produce a very mature and, and disciplined performance because Athletic and Madrid, I mean, I, I'm sure Lopez will come on 
in a few weeks as well. And obviously he was Bunny Lloyd and you'll back me up on this. He was so confident that Atletico would go through. He said 2-0 win, you know, easily go through as well. So a bit of egg on his face there. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I was, it just got so ugly. I mean, you talk about the dark arts, but I mean, you know, it was, I thought I'd seen Atletico Madrid, you know, dis- disgusting behaviour against Man United. I mean, he compared to nothing what we saw against Man City. We saw, you know, challenges go in and then um, I think it was Savage went over and he headbutted uh, Sterling as well. You had fights with Greenish down the tunnel. Felipe did eventually get a second yellow and sent off. I mean... Have you ever seen, either of you seen anything like him? What were your thoughts? Because a lot of people did say, a lot of pundits did say they quite liked it, actually. And yeah, it was, good. I think it's Gary brilliant. Neville backed him and said it was a good game. I, it was good yeah. for entertainment. It wasn't great in terms of football, was it? No, yeah. It I don't was. know what you're talking about. It's passion and desire. I don't know what you're talking well, about. <laughs> it was brilliant. I, I want to Simeone as an Arsenal. It was a brilliant game. So many people said about all the fighters and how awful it is. It's like, oh, come on, it was brilliant. Nothing, nothing was wrong, you know. They got the yellow cards, they got red cards, whatever. It's, 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 it's all on the pitch. As soon as someone, like, tries to play a different type of football, everyone criticises it. I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. It was entertaining. It was, it's, I love watching Atletico play. I think they play really good football. I just... I mean... Was... Do you think a lot of people are saying, well, you know, punish them and whatever? But with years ago, would you what want? Did they, do wrong? they did nothing wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's what I'd say. A bit harsh in that. But would you would you want to see Simone in the Premier League if he wasn't with your club? I mean, it would be pretty entertaining, wouldn't it? He's, he's brilliant. I, I want him Arsenal. It's, he's, he's incredible. You would you want Arteta to be sacked now? I do. I know. I don't care. I love Simone so much. He's probably my favorite coach in the world. He's the, he's the highest feeling in the coast by far, and it's for a reason. The, the job is Atletico. I'm sure if Lopez was here, it'd, it'd be green. He'd be saying the exact same thing. What he's done with Atletico is incredible. Like, it, people really don't talk about how amazing the job he's done. It's like there's a reason why he gets paid so much and why he's still there. And he's, he's done this brilliant job with them. Like, they're still going. Like, they're, they're a brilliant team. And he, he is a coach. He's so disrespected. Especially by all the people saying he plays boring, awful, lucky football. It's completely wrong. It, it was. It, it is a bit boring football. But you can't. No, I'm not come on. Criti- I'm not going to criticise it too much because it, if it works for Atletico Madrid and gets them the results, which clearly it has. I mean, you know, you can't criticise it too much. But I mean, you know, it, it was. It was it, it was really entertaining and people saying, Oh, you know, it's, it's not football. Of course it's not football, but it was it was entertaining what? which you want out of the Champions League. Of but I mean football. You know, because so, you because obviously I think in the, the last ten minutes he was ball was only in play for about three minutes. But it was very entertaining. But I, I do give a lot of credit to Man City because it was disgusting behaviour from Atletico, even though it was entertaining. And credit to Man City, they kept their head and, you know, it was a poor performance by them. If any team should have won it, it probably should have been Atletico, actually, if maybe they took their chances. Felix had a few chances um, as well. I think was it Rodrigo de Poor, I think, had a, 
a good chance to remember. I, I don't get how you can criticise them, Leon. They just cared. They you just care yeah, about exactly. the title of the club. <laughs> Thank goodness. But no, I, like I said, I thought it was a very entertaining game of football and people saying, oh, criticising it too much. You know, it wasn't It wasn't pretty. Of course, it wasn't, especially after the game. But, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's the passion, wasn't it? It was the passion from the Athletic and Madrid players. They cared. Something that maybe Man United should take. Um, a leaf out of their book as well. But in Man City's 100th Champions League game, that's now 55 wins. Only Real Madrid have won more games and scored more goals in that time period um, as well. But no credit to Man City. They go on to the um, semi-finals as well, where they'll be going back to Madrid next week to play um, Real Madrid now in in the next round as well. Obviously, the draw done a few weeks ago um, after the court, well, before the court, yeah, was it yeah two or three weeks ago I'd say now as well so the games are as follows next Tuesday 26th of April Man City Real Madrid 8 o'clock um, as well at the Etihad and then Anfield on Wednesday Liverpool against Villarreal and then the following week which is the third and fourth of May I want to say is obviously the return legs um, as well as well as the Champions League being entertaining it was also entertaining in the Europa League as well which I mean, talk about some shocks going on with Villarreal. I mean, it was a massive shock at the new Camp, as well as Barcelona went out of the Europa League to Frankfurt, who were not even mid-table in the Bundesliga as well. Frankfurt went ahead after four minutes of penalty. There they went, then scored in the 60 uh, in the 36th minute through Bora, and then Kostic scored in the 67th minute. Um, Sergio Busquets then scoring in the first minute of added time it was 12 minutes of added time as well Frankfurt then went down to 10 men in the 100th minute two yellow cards for there before penalty of Memphis Depay in the 111th minute um, turned out not to be enough for um, Barcelona's Frankfurt made it through to the semi-finals of the Europa League as well and there's 30,000 fans it was only supposed to have, I think, 5,000, but 30,000 managed to get in through tickets of resale of, of tickets as well. Definitely made it like a bit of a home game to them and credit to them. And they've gone and shocked um, Barcelona. It's definitely probably, you know, it's anyone's to win that Europa League. Now you had Leipzig who beat Atalanta 2-0, 3-1 on aggregate. Rangers managed to get through against Baraga, not the prettiest performances as well. Tavernier with two goals as well, including a penalty. He scored so many of them this season. And Kimar Roof with the goals as well. Baraga had two players sent off um, as well. So they managed to find um, a way through as well. And West Ham, a brilliant performance by them, winning 3-0. Craig Dawson, Declan Rice and Jared Bowen with the goals there. Pablo Fornells with two goal, uh, two assists there. Declan Rice scored five goals in all competitions the most he scored um, in a single campaign. I mean, Europa League then, it's been a bit overlooked the past few weeks, but definitely entertaining. Obviously, Leipzig against Rangers and West Ham against Frankfurt. Who will we tip in to win the Europa League now then? Yeah, probably back West Ham still. You I think probably, West Ham to win? I think Leipzig could certainly... Uh... You, think, you think Leipzig? You... None of you think Rangers can overcome Leipzig? They've been to Germany and beat Dortmund. I mean, I mean don't Leipzig, think I think it form-wise, Leipzig are, are the best team in Germany at the moment. Obviously, Rangers haven't got Alfredo Morelos. I think they have got Aaron Ramsey back, though. Obviously, injured in the Scottish Cup the other day, so they're going to be boosted with that. But 
I'd say the Europa League could definitely be as entertaining as the Champions League as well. So the games next week, Leipzig against West Ham, uh, against Rangers and West Ham Frankfurt uh, next Thursday. As well as also the Conference League that has got one English team involved in and that's Leicester City as well. They went through beating PSV 2-1. Um, the Madison and Ricardo Pereira with the goals. I was after PSV uh, went ahead through um, Xavier after 27 minutes as well. So they go into their first um, European semi-final as well, where they'll be joined by Marseille, 1-1-0, 3-1 on aggregate. Roma went through 4-0, beating Bodo, 5-2 on aggregate. And final beat Slavia Prague, 3-1, 6-4 on aggregate. So the semi-finals there also next Thursday. Um, as well, sees so final take on Marseille and Leicester against Roma. Is it the winner, do you think, of Leicester and Roma, they'll go on and win the Conference League. Both of you think that? It should be. Yeah, I think, barring any major upset. And do you think, who wins that one, Leicester or Roma, do you think? I have no idea. Yeah, neither. Be a good game. Though. I don't think. I'm not sure. No, okay, obviously, one intriguing game um, there as well. But that's it for the St. Martin's Football Show this week. Obviously, a very busy week. Five different competitions, the FA Cup, the Premier League and the European competitions as well. Obviously, we'll be looking back uh, next week of the weekend's games where hopefully Man United beat Arsenal as well. And for Max, Tottenham hopefully beat um, Brentford as well. But um, all that's left to say is it's been a very mixed week for our teams as well. We've had uh, wins, losses, fashions, the whole lot. But thank you for listening and goodbye.
just wish that I could give you that That look that's perfectly unsad Sometimes all I think about is you Late nights in the middle of June He always been faking me out He 